And now, a word from our sponsors. The Oyster Recovery Partnership is the nonprofit expert in Chesapeake Bay oyster restoration. The Oyster Recovery Partnership has planted more than 9 billion oysters on 3,000 acres of reef and recycled more than 250 bushels of shell. Everyone benefits from a healthy Chesapeake Bay. Poor water quality and declining habitats can be reversed. Oysters are the answer. Pescavore is packaged in a convenient single serving size with no refrigeration required until after opening. Pescavore is the perfect, healthy, and delicious snack for those on the go. Pescavore, tuna that travels. Hey folks, what's going on? Rachel Precious here of Precious Oysters. Today, we're gonna to be talking with the man behind the mic, Gardner Douglas, what's going on? Feels good. This feels weird, but it feels good. Why does it feel weird? See, now I don't even know what to say, like, because it, it feels weird because I guess, like when you hit me up, you was like, you know, um, you know, you're always interviewing these great people and, but nobody really turns the mic to you. So it's weird to have the spotlight on me, I guess. Yeah. Well, hey, I've learned that um, being uncomfortable sometimes can be a great catalyst for, um, for progress and for growth. So let's get you uncomfortable. Let me just dive in and start asking you questions, huh? How's okay, that? cool. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, so this came to mind because um, I was thinking about the summer when we met up at the Milford Oyster Festival. Remember that? Way yeah, back when? <laughs> I remember. It was fun. Yeah. Milford was cool. So I was I was on a different planet that day. It was a little stressful to say the least. It's but, all good. I remember. Yeah, but you came out of the crowd and it was like I had already known you for so long. I was like, yo, what's up? And I was thinking, you know, I've been following you for years, both SS Shocking and your personal Gardner Douglas account. Um, and then I saw you that day and it just felt like we were already had been friends for so long. But then I realized I was like, I don't think I really know much at all about Gardner. <laughs> you know, I watch all your all your reels, all your posts, and like I'm definitely super engaged, but I feel like you're just always behind the microphone and you're always asking other people about about their stories. So um so I want to just jump in and see like where I don't know, where'd you get started? Tell me, tell me your background, like forget shocking for a second. Like where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Um, what made you how did you get to where you are today? All right. Yeah. So um I am from the eastern shore of Virginia, um, small town called Withams. And a very small town where literally everybody knows everybody literally is that and good or bad? say again good or bad i mean it's good you know it was it was fun growing up there now going back as an adult um it's a it, it feels like it's an older town now because when i was growing up you had like little kids running around in the street and you know dogs run like stray dogs that we just took care of and it was a good time, but like now the streets are bare. It's mostly older people. The, you know, the the my generation, everybody's moved out. Of course, now I'm up in DC, and then I got you know family that's not there. I got some family that's still there, but it's not like it was. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I guess that's okay because like nothing is like it was, you know, in yeah. general. Um, but. You know, um, I grew up in church. My grandmother raised me. Um, she raised me, my brother and sister. 
And uh, I feel like that made me the humble being that I am, even though my wife says I got a big head and all I do is brag, but uh, so <laughs> to brag. I think brag all you want. It's um, you've earned bragging rights for sure. I think it's a time and a place and, you know, I, I, I can choose when those times are like, I kind of feel like, um, you know, I don't brag enough, you know, but that's just me because well, if I don't tell my story, who will? Well, that's why we're here. That's why we're here for today. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Really DC changed my entire outlook on oysters and work and everything. Um, I just learned so much about oysters in a short period of time and I caught the bug. Like I, I guess, you know, it's, I said it's a not so expensive drug. Like I really caught the bug. Like all I wanted to do was learn about oysters and talk about oysters and make money with oysters. So pause right there. So when you say you caught the bug and that's, and it was DC's when you first started to really get into oysters. So what, what about DC or what happened in DC that made you catch this bug? Was it just like a cool restaurant one time or you met somebody? No, for sure. Yeah. Like I feel like, um, it was, it was working behind the bar. That was like my first restaurant job. That was my first in-house job where I was in front of people. And I learned that, you know, we were putting on a show pretty much for, you know, the people who, came to get oysters and some people didn't even come to get oysters they just wanted to sit in front of us while they ate their food and look at us shuck oysters and jive around and talk trash to each other yeah yeah it's entertainment for sure did you know so when you got that job at the raw bar um had you already known how to shuck or did you learn on the job oh no no I have been shucking um I I was shucking I've been shucking oysters since like 2007 ish okay so, so i've been shucking for a while 2006 2007 something like that um my dad taught me how to shuck and of course you know he was a nasty ranked oyster shucker well and, okay stop right there you say of course uh, okay. he was blah 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 what do you mean of course like who well, did that? so yeah he, he taught me how to shuck oysters so again you know he didn't raise me but um it's just weird because um one day he just pulled up on me and he was like, Hey, I think I'm your dad and I want to find out if I'm your dad or not. So we went a couple of weeks later and got the paternity test and I was in my early twenties and you know, he was my dad. And like after that, but even before that, he was like, you know, even if this turns out not be right and I'm not your dad, you know, I still want to be part of your life because you're doing, at that time, I think I had stopped going to school, but I was just working like crazy. Like I've always like hustled and like kept more than one job, more than two jobs majority of the time. And he was like, I just want to be part of your life and, you know, help steer you and just be a positive light, just help you. How did you feel like, about shoot. that? Like for him just to rock up and be like, hey, I think I'm your dad. <laughs> I mean, that's well, kind of a, it was, a Yeah, it was weird because like, I thought that somebody else was my dad. Like I'm named after somebody else. And so it was real weird. Um, but it was like, once I met him, I was like, okay, well, I don't look like the, the other dude. Um, I kind of resemble this dude. And I didn't have a relationship with the other guy. Uh, I had a relationship with his parents and his sisters, but not him. And I think maybe he probably knew, you know, of course, you know, he was, 
back there, you know, it's, there's another guy or maybe other guys, you know, whatever. But um, so I looked like him. And then once I went to his house and I saw a picture of his daughter, I was like, well, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no, that's my sister. If it's not good, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. And then going forward, so he's, he was like, I want to get to know you, have you in my life. And he taught you how to shuck. He taught me how to shuck oysters, not initially, like initially, like, because I, I, I mean, like, even after I learned how to shuck oysters, I didn't eat oysters for a long time. And he would always be like, how do you, how are you in shucking these oysters and you don't eat them? I was like, well, what I do is I sip a little bit of the juice and I'm able to talk about the, the flavor profile of the oysters. And this was like, after I moved to DC, I still wasn't really eating oysters like that. But um, yeah, he taught me how to shuck oysters in his backyard eventually. And this is after he took me to um, the national competition in, uh, in Maryland. And um, I would just, I really didn't, I guess, understand to the extent that what was going on really, because it was just a lot of people. It was like a food festival, like a seafood festival. And I didn't really understand, like, making it to that final stage was a big deal, which he did the year I was there. And I was like, okay, this is cool, I guess, whatever, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny. A lot of people don't realize that, um, A, oyster shucking is, like, a really, it's a thing that a lot of people do, but also it's a competitive thing, and there are competitions. Right, right. Um, So I can totally see how maybe younger you was like, what? what is this exactly yeah yeah so did that inspire you to get more serious about your oyster shucking or was it kind of like ah this is not really my thing but I guess it's fun because my dad's here whatever no not at all what inspired me was that money oh he was doing an event yeah he was (laughs) doing an event either he was doing an event or he was um selling oysters I can't remember exactly but he had a wad of money and I was like oh you you got that from oysters. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I guess I can learn a little bit, you know, enough to make a couple of dollars, you know. So um, he taught me how to shuck oysters, and um, it was cool. It was cool. It was a learning process, but the most important lesson that I still teach people when I'm shucking oysters is um, quality over speed. Mm-hmm. So he taught me how to shuck a clean oyster. And even now, to this day, he tells people that I was faster when I first learned, but my quality wasn't good. Mm-hmm. So even to this day, I tell a lot of people, I was like, look, there's a lot of more faster oyster shuckers than me. I never claim to be fast. I, I shuck a very clean oyster. So if you want to compete on that level, you got to bring it a game. Yeah. Yeah. That's the feedback I got from a lot of clients about my shucking is that, um, I say the same thing for me. It's about quality, not speed. Um, Cause also I'll never even pretend to be super fast. Like that's not some kind of claim I'm staking, but um, mm-hmm. people, you know, cause the whole point of what we do is it's a presentation, it's engaging, it's entertaining. And so people, they're fine standing there and watching you shuck. They like yep. to ask questions rather than just cranking them out and having shell or broken bellies and stuff. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I still, so the summer at the, at the Milford Oyster Festival, when I was hanging out with you and Isabella, mm-hmm. and I was like really struggling with one of the oysters and you're like, whoa, 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 too much torque, too much torque. And like that, <laughs> that sticks in my head. Even last night I was working on an oyster and it was like a little thing. My knives are super dull. 
I got to mm-hmm. be real. I got to sharpen my knives. But I was working on this oyster and I'm like, too much torque, Rach, too much torque. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Let's slow it down. Let's it's slow it down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite kind of oyster knife? Like I noticed you use the ones with the kind of rounded handle. Yeah. So my favorite knife, hands down, is the Chesapeake Stabber uh, made by Dale German in Baltimore. Um, Dale is a master woodmaker. Are you and, is he uh, sponsoring you? Is this a product endorsement? No, not at all. <laughs> well, not at all. And what's crazy is um, I tell everybody, I recommend and give his information out so much. And it's not for any kickback. It's just, but hey, just tell him that Gardner sent you. And that's it. But like, yeah, I mean, his knife. But the thing is, you got to really know what you're doing. I think, in my opinion, to use Dale's knife. Because if you go at it with, let's say, a big wild oyster, it's a good chance if you don't know what you're doing you're gonna kill the blade on the first shuck mm-hmm. you know you but it, it's a professional oyster knife yeah so I've actually only just learned this is embarrassing but we're friends so I'll tell you it's not like anybody else is listening right now right not right right of course. um I never really realized that there's I mean I've always known that there's different kinds of knives but I didn't know that they have different names and purposes and styles. I thought it, they were all just different because that's just, I don't know, each manufacturer style or something. Mm-hmm. So I've just, you know, somebody gave me, gave me my first oyster knife and that's just what I used. And I never right. thought to branch out into other kinds of knives. So what is it about the Chesapeake that you like best? So the Chesapeake Stabber, um, first of all, the handle. I mean, it's everything about it, right? Everything about it makes it the Chesapeake Stabber. So the handle is that rounded ball handle. If it's perfectly in my hand. Um, and then of course the blade has an is not too long. Um, it has a little flex to it. And then I put some finishing touches on it that really makes it my own knife. And is it um is the blade wide or skinny? No, it's it's a narrow blade um narrow blade thin um and I wouldn't even classify as you know sharp but I will say like it it will nick you if you don't know what you're doing yeah yeah so when you do competitions I've never competed so I don't know what happens kind of which you need to I oh I just I'm so not competitive (laughs) in the heebie-jeebies I just I get flashbacks to being on the starting line in track in high school during meets and that feeling mm-hmm. of just adrenaline and I oh I don't know <laughs> it's incredible because once you learn how to control that adrenaline yeah you know you it's scary it's never stops being scary but I once get you shaking. learn yeah once you learn to control it oh my gosh it's amazing it's like a superpower are you saying it's I should a superpower <laughs> yes exactly a little meditation and just release it Oh man. Okay. So when you get to a competition, do you know ahead of time what oysters you'll be shucking or it just, it's kind of like you get up there and there they are. Well, you have an idea because just like in Connecticut, you know, I know it's going to be something similar to the blue points or a Connecticut oyster. So boom. And then we were, we were pre-shucking or we were shucking oysters the night before. So I know it had to be something similar to those oysters um, at the Maryland competition, you know, it's going to be something Maryland, um, something wild. And I've been doing this for a few years now. So you just kind of, you got a good idea. 
Mm -hmm. So will you bring all of your knives? So I'm assuming you, you have different kinds of knives, right? Not just the one. Yeah, I got a few, but like the way I do my Dales now, like, because I have that close relationship with Dale also, um, and he always gets on me. He's like, Gardner, because I'll buy like 10 at a time. He's like, Gardner, I don't know what you're doing with all these knives. Are you selling them? I was like, no, Dale. I send everybody to you. But again, we got to be realistic. Like Dale isn't a young man. And I still got some years ahead of me. So I need that knife. That knife awesome. is the knife. <laughs> awesome. You know, so um, I, I let him know. I just let him know like, hey, I like this about the knife. I want to add this characteristic to the knife. Boom, boom, boom. And then he makes it and then it is what it is. And then. Oh, he, oh, so he, he like makes you knives, like personalized. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I won't tell anybody else, but yes. All right. No one knows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a Chesapeake stab, but it's just a certain way that I like my knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I literally could bring just that Chesapeake stabber if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have other knives. Um, so speaking of competitions, any, any mem- obviously besides like winning or losing um, memorable moments, like things that have been surprises or just like funny stuff that happened and it, like any stories you want to share with the, the listeners? Um, oh, my first competition, I had to use the bathroom. And I think that's why I shucked so fast. Because I just, I just wanted to get done. And how did that, did it, did it work or, or? I mean, my first year competing in nationals, I played six, I, you know, I, I finished in the top six. Wow. I mean, and that was at the top of my shucking game, really working in a restaurant, going through a lot of oysters where now I just do like, you know, catered events and it's nothing on the restaurant side, but, um, so I would, my, my shucking muscles were prime. Shucking um, muscles. Yeah, they were prime, but. Um, and I've never, have I been back? No, I think the best I've come is like seventh since then. That's good. That's good. Yeah, you can brag yeah. about that. Speaking of bragging from before, you can brag about that. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of the restaurant jobs and all that. So right now you're doing your catering on the side in addition to your full-time job. Right. Mm-hmm. So tell folks what you do during the day. What keeps no. It- Come on. Uh- Look, you look all professional right now. You've got like a office wall behind you. <laughs> oh, oh man, I'm supposed to blur that out. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'll, you know, being in DC and being prior military, you know, has its perks and um, I'm taking advantage of those perks right now. Good. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, DC government, I, I tell people all the time, I love podcasting more than I love shucking and I'm pretty damn good at shucking. Yes, you are. For so sure. if I can get this podcast with some help of my listeners, yeah, you know, but yeah, no, nah, I, I, I wish I could do podcasting full time. That's the goal. Um, tell us about the catering. How's that going? Um, catering is cool. Like I really love um, meeting new people, um, doing the private events. Um, this week has been, cra- the last few weeks has been crazy with holiday parties I did a couple law firms, did a house party. I got another house party tomorrow. Um, and that'd be the last one for the season, I hope, um, yeah. unless something comes up. But I, I take last minute stuff too. Like I still need those coins. So, yeah. you know, people love last minute uh, parties, of obviously. Yeah. Um, you posted something a couple of days ago, maybe last week, 
um, you called it a bit of a venting session. Can you tell Ooh. us about that vent? Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, Rachel. Come on. I want, to, I, want to, I want to get into it. You're being controversial. <laughs> Wait, with what? What do you mean? No. I'm I was just... all about that post. I thought it was great. No, I'm messing with you. And okay, a lot good. of a lot of people did hit me up like DM. Like I think before I go into the post, I think like people obviously feel the same way I feel. They just don't want to say anything. And even my wife says, like, you can't say that. I was like, well, why not? It's the truth. I'm not lying. Yeah, no, I was all about it. I was like, yeah, put that out there. And because I've talked about that on, on my Instagram is like knowing your self-worth and right. um just being able to be like, no, this is what my time is worth. And yeah. so what was there anything specific that triggered that feeling and that in that post? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, which well, what happened was in the post was. And if you're not following me, go follow me on Instagram at s.s.shucking, along with the Oyster Ninja podcast page at Oyster Ninja PC. But the Instagram post was basically saying, like, um, put me in a budget. Like, I'm not lowering my cost. My my cost is my cost. Um, Don't ask me to itemize. Don't ask me. Like, it's been so many... Over and this is like over the years. So, like I said, nothing triggered this. I just really got tired. I get tired of like, why, why, why are you always asking me to lower my price? Like you're coming to me wanting my service. So why would I lower my cost just because I don't fit in your budget? Right. Just like it's no hard feelings. Like I have something for you. You might just can't afford the in-home shocker, but I can deliver you fresh shucked oysters at another rate. But like, no, I'm not going to lower my cost to make you happy. Yeah. And, and if I do, I do it because I want to, not because you asked me. That's all I was saying. Yeah. Well, especially these days, you know, everything's going up in price. Right. Um, groceries. And so your service is no different. And the oysters you buy are no different. Like everything's getting getting pretty pricey, but it's also... I feel like oysters are not just like groceries they're an experience you know they're a special they're a specialty so you pay a premium right. for them right that's something i've struggled with for a long time um for two reasons number one i've always worked manual labor jobs so farming construction carpentry i've always just been basically getting minimum wage my whole life and then all of a sudden i fall into this catering company i've created this thing where all of a sudden, I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to charge because I've, I've always, I've never made anything more than minimum wage, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, but also the other factor for me is that there aren't many companies in my area that do what I do. So I can't necessarily go and scope out the competition because whatever companies are out there, yeah, they're doing shucking, but they're also doing it differently than I do it. Um, mm-hmm. right. So there's limited competition. Um, competition that's, that's there is, is different. And then just my own background of not knowing, I don't know what to charge in general, just because it never made anything. So, right. <laughs> on, you know, well, I've been thinking about this a lot. And my wife said I should put a, I should put a course together. And much as I love monetizing everything, uh, I don't think I need to put a course together. But I do feel like, well, you should look at the prices in your area, look at restaurant prices and whatever the restaurant prices are, you should be charging more. Oh, it's just, just kind of getting out of that mentality as a new business owner of like, got to get my name out there. Got to just like start building that customer base. Well, you can, you can keep that mentality forever. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know, right. when do you start to realize like, no, I got my name out there. I know my self-worth. I've, I'm top notch. Like that timeline yeah. when you learn that and then put that feeling into practice of like, okay, here's my self-worth. Now pay me that. <laughs> right. You know, so no, can you find a new person too? I feel like I did the same thing. I feel like, and it's crazy because like uh, somebody just approached me um, about opening up a restaurant, a small restaurant, but a restaurant still. And I'm like, no, sorry. Um, and they and they threw some crazy numbers at me. She was like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said she. That person was okay. like, well, you can expect two million in revenue your first year. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but you know, just because you get all of that money, what are you sacrificing? And that's what COVID has done for me. That's been my COVID lesson is priorities. And money is not a priority. Money is a priority for providing for my family, but I'm not trying to get rich. Like, I'm not trying to get rich. I'm just trying to be happy. And my whole part of shucking oysters was to relieve stress. Like shucking oysters is my stress reliever. I get to talk to good people, have some drinks and provide a great service that they're enjoying also. Mm-hmm. Now, when my kids get older, maybe that could be a conversation. But right now, I'm good. And it looks like you're having fun. I mean, I think that's important, right? Yeah, I'm still having fun. Like, man, let me keep having fun. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm definitely blessed. Yeah. Well, those feelings definitely come across through your Instagram. And that's the the biggest, the thing that comes to mind when I think about you is that you're just like a social, in my mind, you're a social media guru. Like you're always posting content, fresh stuff. It feels like every day you're always putting stuff out and cranking out that content. Um, how do you, like, I feel like it takes me forever to do a very simple, just like one picture post. Mm. How do you get the time and energy to put out all this content? Is it just real easy for you? Or do you like stock up and then release them over time? Give us some inside looks into your social media game. Well, um, thank you. First of all, I always got to say thank you because a lot of times as a social media, like as a content creator, you never know what really hits. And sometimes the numbers do lie, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, because really, if I can speak to somebody if I can speak to one person, you know, that means more to me than getting a million views or interactions or whatever. Like for me, it's all about experience um, and providing something, you know what I mean? Like, that's why when I do my posts, like I want you to feel like it's a good time in this video because now, all right, well, shoot, I see they're having a good time. Let me hire him so we can have a good time at our next party. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so it's all about, for me, I want to show the experience that I'm providing and I want to show a good time. And I also want to educate you at the same time. But to answer your question, yeah, everything is content. Like when I'm at an event, they already know I'm going to be taking pictures. I'm going to be going live maybe sometimes. I'm taking yeah. videos. I'll get you know, interactive with the people, talk with the people. And I asked, like, can I post you? Can I, can I record you? Uh, I mean, this is 2022, almost 2023. People know we going live for the gram, baby. You're going live. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and in, in addition to the gram, you're doing TikTok, right? Oh, shucks. I don't understand TikTok. <laughs> so I just I put know. a video up like 
maybe once or two every couple of weeks. Uh, I'm trying to get into it more now because why not? But like, it takes time like to understand different platforms. Every platform is different um, from Facebook, the regular Facebook, then to Instagram, then to YouTube, then TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn. All of them are different and all of them have different people, like a different circle that you need to hit or that I want to hit. So once you kind of understand that, and I, I say kind of, because really, you never really understand it totally. Um, you can kind of use it to your advantage. Yeah. I was telling my buddy, and he's gone viral a few times on TikTok. Well, a lot of times on TikTok, I'm being honest. But he's been on the podcast, Mike Spurlock, Spurweezy. And I told him that we always blame things on the algorithm. But in reality... <laughs> Because right. no, in reality, consistent consistency is the algorithm. Consistency beats the algorithm every time. If you're consistent, that's why when you said I post every day or sometimes I do. Yeah. I'm gonna consistently post. Something's gonna hit. Yeah, that's where I struggle. <laughs> I I let my personal, like if I'm not in a good mood or I'm having a hard week, I just it I don't have the capacity to sit online and like. Hey folks, check this out. Or did you know that I'm just like, I check out, but then I pay the price for it later because, you know, yeah. I'll be getting a steady follower, a steady build of followers, like a couple a day and, you mm -hmm. know, good engagement, like people commenting or responding or messaging, but then I'll, you know, get in a shit mood and I'll just like not post stuff for a while. And it shows. So right. my, my advice to you is when you're in a good mood, do like three or four videos. And put them I'm, all out or save them? No, no, no. Save them in your drafts. Okay. And I'm talking about all the way through, like go with the thumbnail. If you're doing reels, if you're doing a post, it's, a, you know, you can batch, um, you can batch pictures also, a regular post also, but whatever you're going to do, and there's apps you can use. Like I say, I love automating stuff, um, but uh, batch it. When you're going to move, batch, that, that, that fixes it. Yeah. If oh, that's, that's if that's the issue. Yeah, that is definitely for me an issue. Um, I want to quickly because we don't have too much time. But um, so, uh, speaking of before you mentioned like 2023, what's coming up for you next year? What are your goals? Anything lined up, or you're just gonna kind of roll with it? My goal is to get um, a few more sponsorships for the podcast um, because. People spend a ton of money on marketing and why wouldn't they, let's just say, for example, an oyster farm, why wouldn't they sponsor this podcast where people are coming to my podcast to learn about oysters? Mm -hmm. So instead of just throwing money out there and hoping and wishing you get a hit, my people like oysters. I would say 90%. So mm -hmm pay me a little bit more or pay me the same thing or pay me less. I don't even care because <laughs> they spend so much money on marketing ads. Like, Hey, look out for the ninja. Yeah, for sure. Hey, you speaking know? of the ninja and looking out for you, um, did you get a new logo? Or did you like revamp your logo or something? Yeah. So looking good at all times you want to appeal. And like, even if somebody doesn't stop on my page, if they see that logo, I want them to think of, you know the oyster ninja or ss shucking or know what it is 
um, before on Instagram and social media is a big part of my um, business, which I'm trying to change that also by creating a newsletter or being actively with a newsletter. Um, so I can kind of take some people off of there and bring them into my world and be able to control it. Um, but um, yeah, just the logo was important. Like all I had was like a glass of wine and oysters for SS Shucking. I was like, I need a logo. I need a logo for SS Shucking. And then with the Oyster Ninja, of course, I love the Oyster Ninja, what it is, but I wanted to like, let's, let's pump it up a little bit. Let's give it some character, some definition and like yeah. the logo dude was good. And I got another logo coming. It's been hard working with this other guy, but you know, we're getting there. I think we're starting to see eye to eye, but yeah, just always evolving, trying to be better. Um, tell the folks that are listening a bit, a bit about um, what's the story behind the names SS Shucking and Oyster Ninja? Um, SS Shucking. So when I was shucking with my dad, he had had has a catering company or his business is called Sam Sam Shucking Service. Um, and when I came to DC, I was still working under Sam Sam Shucking Service. So, you know, with the great things I was doing, I was getting on TV. I was, of course, getting, you know, all type of notoriety. This is me bragging again, I guess. I don't know. Um, but anyway, he was like, look, you need to make it your own because yeah, you can't walk around saying Sam Sam Shuck and Service. So I just cut it short to SS Shuck and Service. And um, that was that. I mean, and it fits. It has that nautical feel to it, like an SS yeah, Truman yeah. or SS whatever. Um, so um, that's SS Shuck. And then Oyster Ninja, uh, when I had the idea about the about starting a podcast, um, my, my, my mentor, Kim Blanchard, he was like, you know, he asked me, did I have any ideas? And I really didn't. I didn't know what I was going to call it. I was like, well, I don't want to call it SS Shucking Podcast. Uh, so let's come up with something else. And then we, I said, I know I want Oyster to be part of it. And then I think he came up with Oyster Ninja. And then it was just getting that logo to back up the, the name. And then from there, it was a wrap. It was like, they just started calling me Oyster Ninja. And I went with it. I was like, okay, so we got George, the Hannibal Hastings. We got um, the glove. We got Shooter Hastings, um, like, and we got Oyster Ninja. Yeah. It What's worked. your nickname? You got a you got a nickname, Rachel? They got a nickname for you. Um, I mean, everybody just calls me by my last name, Precious. Okay, like, hey, Precious, what's up? Which actually sometimes irritates me when people like if I first meet somebody and they automatically like immediately call me. Like, oh, Rachel Precious, what's up, Precious? I'm like, no, 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 you you got to earn that. got to earn it. <laughs> okay, we're not friends yet. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, when I was still farming, people called me the Oyster Mama because mm. I was raising all the babies. Mm -hmm. um, I've spent a lot of time mostly working around Spanish-speaking men, and they would always call me Princessa. So that's okay. another one. But um, yeah, I just go with Precious. It's easy, you know? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, so... Lastly, just to kind of wrap things up in a nice, neat bow, is there anything you feel like you want people to know about you, like that you haven't covered any sort of big picture stuff or messages you want to get out there? Or you just, have I asked enough questions by now? Wow. No, you, I mean, I feel like this episode is the best episode that's ever going to grace the yeah. Ninja podcast. And I do want to tell you, 
Um, so your episode and Isabella's episode had the most downloads. Really? Any of my episodes. Oh, it's so funny because I'm, you know, I've re-listened to it a bunch and I always think like, oh, I can't believe I said that or I messed that up or there's so much more I wish I so you know, you're always your own biggest critic, but um, that's great to hear that it's. No, that's that's honestly great to hear that you really re-listen to it because, oh, of course, um, you know, when I first started podcasting, my wife she really is hard on me, but she was like, "Oh, you just like listening to your voice," which she is right. <laughs> you got a great voice. Like one of the first voice. questions I I asked, I was like, "How's my voice?" Um, but no, like. I really just want to learn from myself because a lot of times when you're in the moment, um, you know, you might miss something. So I like going back and say, like, ah, shucks, what I should have asked this or why did I go down that road instead of going down this road? So I think it makes me a better podcast, a better interviewer, a better interviewee, because I think really one of my struggles right now is learning to tell my own story. And this helps. So thank you. Um, but like, it's just like, how do I tell my story? So when I tell it, it reaches out and grabs somebody heart and like, oh, shucks, you know, I love that guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right, <laughs> because right. like people love people like they can connect to, like if you can connect with someone, you know. But it's also, it's a, it's a skill. Like you're, you're very easy to talk to. I feel like we could just chat all day, which is a great thing. But when you're in the podcasting world, you do need to kind of keep things on track and tell a story, mm -hmm. ask the questions, right. keep flowing. Because which it I'm, seems that you're a natural, Rachel. Well, I'm working on it. I'm learning from from some good people, some good examples. Easy. But I, you know, I got this list. <laughs> I got this whole list of questions, and it's like, how do I bang through all the stuff I want to cover, but also just chat with you? You know, because I could spend forever chatting about any one of the things we've touched on. So mm -hmm. I feel like as a podcaster, something that you do that's great is you're really easy to talk to. Things flow. It feels natural. But you also keep the conversation moving forward and touching on new topics and stuff like that. So um, and you got a great voice. You Thank see, you. Use it. No, <laughs> no, this is this has really been fun. And I thank you for like just reaching out and say, like, hey, we yeah. need to do this. Let's do it. When are we going to do it? And let's do it sooner than later. And thank you for having patience and forgiveness for my uh, lack of memory last week. Stop <laughs> playing. Nobody would have knew unless you like oh you God. just said so. Nobody else would have knew anything well, about it. I got that. this. I got this puppy at home, and I love him, but he's a bit of a handful. So we've been doing this training course every week. And so when you and I were supposed nice. to talk last week, I had the training session in the morning, and I came home and I was just like so tunnel vision about like sit, right. stay. Hey. <laughs> So thank you for making the time today. And before we go, um, all of your handles, where can people find you? How do they book you? Um, how do they, yeah, how do they reach you? For events, um, it's Oyster Ninja events at gmail.com. So I'll come to your house. I'll come to your wedding venue. I will definitely roll up in, uh, never mind. I was gonna, I was gonna start talking trash, <laughs> but I'm not rolling in Rachel's territory. Um, we can collaborate. We you know, can, we can definitely collaborate for sure. So, yeah, but no, um, if you need me to be, uh, supply oyster shuckers, oysters, just let me know. Oyster Ninja events at gmail.com. Gram at SS shucking. That's S dot S dot shucking. S H U C K I N G. And uh, the podcast is oyster ninja PC. And TikTok. 
man, forget TikTok. No, I actually, I deleted my TikTok. I did it oh, for like for a real? day or Yeah, I think I did it for a couple of days. I think I followed you and a couple other people. And then I just, I don't know, I got, I just wasn't into it. I don't delete any content. I had one video up. <laughs> That's one video where somebody's going to find me and look at me. That's true. Yeah, yeah. we don't well, delete hey. content. I feel like I learned a little bit more about you today. I feel like there's always okay. more to tell, more to learn. But hey, um, we need to set the next interview up. This was fun. Yeah. Well, 2023 is coming and there's lots more to talk about. So um, yeah, so happy holidays, happy shucking. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors. My name's Matt Owens, and I'm the founder and CEO of Healthy Ocean Seafood Company the owner of the Pescovore brand. For the last five years, six years now, actually I've been the sustainability director at Trimarine, which is a, a global tuna supplier. Uh, we're down here at San Pedro right now at a Trimarine facility. And so for the last several years, I've been working to uh, effectively manage tuna resources all around the world. So we have these great sustainable fisheries in the US, but most of that gets exported a lot of times processed overseas, then imported back into the United States. We have a huge seafood trade deficit. And I wanted to find a way in which I could add value to the resource in, here on the West Coast and bring it to market here on the West Coast. And so that's really how Pescovore started. And so to take a West Coast caught tuna and process it into something that's different, something that's delicious, something that's convenient, something that's healthy, and something that's sustainable. And that's what the Pescovore brand is all about. It's making seafood snackable, it's taking sustainable tuna and it's, it's bringing it into the snack space so that it's convenient for people. You can eat it anywhere, it's delicious, it's good for you. And importantly, you can feel good about it. You're supporting local fishermen, you're supporting a sustainable fishery that's well managed.